When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there that's all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five star review, just like you're giving high fives to everyone out there because the Lakers won. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos. Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Lakerholics.com. And as Villa Garcia says, third time's a charm. And also our friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. It is sincerely appreciated. Yay! The Lakers finally pulled out a win and are now 1-2 and two on the season. Didn't come easy. As Memphis, I think, is going to be a team that's going to surprise a lot of people out there looking a lot stronger than even what I thought. Looking for back-to-back L.A. wins on the road. They won last night with the Clippers, and they almost won tonight, but a strong 14-3 run headed up by Carmelo Anthony and some strong shooting by him, some solid play by Russell Westbrook and the entire roster, and even the guy who has been anointed the next Jerry West by Laker Tom, That would be Austin Reese. Very good in his performance as well as the Lakers squeak out a victory where the last minute seemingly took almost an hour long in and of itself with all the uh, fouls and the reviews and the stuff that went on in the back end of that game. But yes, they did pull out a victory, 121 to 118. V. Garcia says, poor Russ, can't get a call to save his life. Yes, that's probably correct. V. Garcia says, so tired of these refs making the game about them as of late because... There was a play where he was going out of bounds. It looked like time had ended, but they gave three-tenths of a second back to Grizzlies, but it was for all for naught. But you know what? The Lakers did manage to pull out the victory. They made their free throws when it counted down the stretch. So a great, great, great job by them. They were 53.3% from the three-point area, which has got to please Laker Tom in only 30 attempts. So that's a very good sign right there for you. But here today to talk about the game, the great performance by Carmelo Anthony, the solid performance as far as 13 assists, nine turnovers, however, for Russell Westbrook, and still some poor shooting. But we'll get into why this is a little bit better performance for him, on at least at that end, coming up here in a bit. 
But LeBron James and Anthony Davis, 19 and 22 respectively, not exactly the greatest performance in the world. But again, the team was picked up by Carmelo Anthony, 10 of 15, 6 of 8 from 3, 28 points overall. Just a great shooting performance from him. But here today to talk about the game is the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, it wasn't pretty. It was fun to watch. The defense still has issues. Russell Westbrook still has issues. But you know what? As you said and you've told me, a win is a win. I think that's something you actually told me, Gerald. A win is a win because oh, they did okay. Some wins are more important than other wins, you know. This is uh, this is early in the season though, but we'll we're not complaining. We're three hundred and sixty episodes in, Laker Thompson. Yeah, yeah I just I, I didn't realize it, but because we lost the last four games in the playoffs last year. Yes, and, then, and we lost the loss. And, and lost the two, yeah. we had a twelve-game losing streak. Yes, we did. Yes, so been, we're off the schneid, as they say, off the schneid. Yeah, either way, uh, it it was good to see a win. I thought they played extremely well in the first half. If there's a clutch client that I, we don't have on the Lakers, I'd sure like it to be John Morant at some point in time. That kid can play, man. Yeah, but instead they'll give you Ben Simmons. <laughs> well, I'd take Ben Simmons, too. I think you could do a lot with Ben Simmons. I mean, they're boys like that. But – you knew that Mello wasn't going to miss any of his free throws, and he was just—he was just deadly from deep. I mean, yes. And, oh, I don't want. I also want to say before you continue, Carmelo did pass Moses Malone on the all-time yep. scoring list, so congratulations to him. And yes, it was a vintage Mello performance. He was able to offset any defensive issues that were targeted on his end. I like the fact that they had him playing a lot on Stephen Adams. And uh, trying to stay with Steven Adams, even through the pick, and tried not to have him too much on John Morant. I was yeah. really liking the fact that they, they really did a better job today of hiding Melo on the defensive end. Yeah, they, they did. And 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 I, I think there were a lot of things to really like about the game. I thought that uh, it's by far the best use of rotations that Frank has done over the last 12 games or 11 games, whatever it is. Um, because I thought he, he 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 did everything perfectly all along the way. He kept uh, Rondo out, kept it at 10 players, gave Bradley a little bit of run, didn't see much from that. Two minutes only. Yeah, I kind of like the nine-man rotation that we're sticking with. And and frankly, you know, hey, it's, uh, it's an opportunity for those guys to, to lock in some playing time and lock in a role. And, and guys coming back from injury are going to have to earn it in the practice and Man, you don't get many times to practice in a regular season, you know, so it's it's difficult, you know, and it's the better, the more guys can play. Reeves continuing to play well. I thought that uh, Bazemore played well. You know, uh, Jordan didn't have as good a game as he's had in the first two games. Um, and I thought that, you know, we still play better when it's when it's when we're playing small ball. I love how they've threatened that if things don't get better, that the starting lineup is going to change. And then what do they throw out there? The same lineup that they've done before. Yeah. Yeah. But you can see that with Steven Adams, you know, and, and actually Adams, Adams at one point. Yeah. He's plus 15. He was, uh, he and Bain were the two guys in their starting lineup that had really large plus numbers. Um, you know, and then again, that, it always just depends on who you're playing with and how they're doing against the other guys. It's a, it's a kind of a rough metric. Um, but 
I thought that Frank did a good job of, of the substitutions. I thought that everybody came in and played very well. And I agree with you, you know, that it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a cakewalk. That's for sure. And the Lakers played pretty well. Um, we didn't see a great game from LeBron. You know, it's kind of funny. We got into a discussion at Lakerholics.com. One of the regulars, Mongo, brought up the point that he says that, you know, that AD and LeBron are all of a sudden wanting to just shoot these jump shots so they can lengthen their career. Um, and there's a certain element to it because for the third game in a row, we shot 33s and we made over half of them. I mean, we're the sixth best three-point shooting team percentage-wise before tonight, and we shot 55% tonight. Um, and LeBron James is in the top 10 in volume for three-point shots. Um, so it's an interesting thing. Uh, we lost the battle in the paint. We lost the paints, paints in the point. Um, but we won. We won points in the paint. Points in the paint. But we won. We won the three-point shooting contest, and we won the free-throw shooting contest. Um, not percentage-wise, but in number of free throws that we were able to make. And most importantly, we got a win. You know, it's a lot. You feel a lot better, I'm sure, leaving the locker room tonight one and two than if you'd left it zero and three. And uh, you know, we've got some winnable games moving ahead. Uh, we made some good progress tonight. I thought the, two years ago we had them change the 24-second rule so that this, all of, everything was 14 seconds. And you can immediately see the points go up everywhere because people are getting more shots. It's just more possession for each team. And, uh, and this season I was just looking at, at some of the early stats of, of how many threes people are taking and, um, and the scoring and so forth. And it's 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 an offensive it's an offensive game and you know just thinking of trying to hold a team with John Morant under 100 points is not going to be easy for anybody no no excellent game by him overall 40 points yeah. 10 assists and Desmond Bain uh, man I mean I, I know that he was Raphael's pick for the for early in the preseason before he started getting so much attention and then that he might end up with the Lakers that that kid looks really good I mean that was an impressive that was an impressive defensive play to knock that uh, dunk pass, lob pass away from LeBron. I thought that uh, Monk played pretty well tonight. Man, if we can get one out of every four games from Melo like this, this would be a wonderful season. I'd love to see him go out like that and win a championship and be a real contributor, you know. Uh, so it's a good sign to see. You know, it's, uh, it's funny when you, you know, you – I couldn't believe that Morant missed that last free throw. Yeah. Really pretty incredible. But that was also a very dumb foul by Kent Bazemore. Yeah, it was. Put him in there. Yeah. Just, well, uh, no, but that was – what that was was in a perfect example of why coaches don't want you to do that. Because he reached to try to get that foul before he shot. And the problem is, is that John went through with the shot after it. And it's all part of that motion, you know, and that's, that's the big thing that you don't want to do because I mean, he hit the rim with that shot, even though he had to double clutch it and so forth. And that's how you could lose a game when you're down three, because they'll get a four point play out of the damn thing. Um, so it's, you know, I, Jared Jackson Jr. Looked good too. You know, I mean, the Grizzlies. Well, they look a lot better. They've got a lot of young talent on the team. Yeah. I was kind of concerned with the moves that they made. They were, didn't know which direction that they were headed. I thought Valanciunas is a little bit better center than than Adams, but obviously Adams may be a better fit for them, so we'll see what happens mm-hmm. there. Again, they had a very impressive 
back-to-back performances in LA with a victory, and they almost snuck yeah. out with this game. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. V. Garcia says Melo can contribute if they give him minutes. I've been telling people this for the past two games. Well, hold on, V. I mean, yes, you saw the best of Melo today, but the first two games he was exposed for the defensive ineptness that he has. I mean, that's one of the reasons why he's no longer in Portland because of the fact that he he and Cantor were the two worst defensive players in the NBA, and they were on the court at the same time for much of the season for Portland because of injuries. Now he comes here, he is a defensive liability. That is not changed at his age. What stills there, though, his outside shot is developing to the point where he is now a consistent 40% plus three-point shooter. He is now shooting the way you've seen him in the Olympics. As I call him, Olympics mellow. This is something that you're seeing consistently now. That's going to keep him in the game because, again, on the defensive end, if you can hide him, like let's say keep him on the center, Try to not have them switch onto guards. If you can avoid that, then yeah, you're going to go It's ahead. easier to hide him because he's a front court player, to be honest. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't easy in the first two games. They, he, they really targeted him on the first two games on those switches. This time, he was able to stay with uh, the majority of the time, either uh, the, what Jackson or he stayed predominantly on Adams. That was a very good move by by Vogel he, he to make sure he's pretty, pretty, his defense wasn't bad tonight. I didn't, you know, he, there weren't any of those instances where we all remember where. Well, that's what I'm saying. Or, well, that's what I'm saying because he was hit very well. As long as he's able to go ahead and stay in the paint, attached to a man, stay in the paint. Once you get him out on the perimeter, it's not yeah. a pretty story. And as we've seen the first couple of games, that's an issue. But if you can go ahead and have him avoid that. He can be a very effective player, spotting up on the outside, hitting those threes, giving him a post-up every now and then. Okay, I get that, but he's not the post-up magician that he once was, but he can still hit you a great from mid-range, and he could definitely hit that three-pointer probably better than anyone else on the Lakers team outside of hot shooting LeBron because LeBron's been shooting it hot. Yeah, ever since four, of nine, four of nine tonight. I mean, yeah, it's not where we expected the volume three-point shooting to come from, you know, but uh... – as long as LeBron continues to do it. And, and I still feel that I still sort of agree with Frank that I'd like to see, I'd like to see Anthony take five threes a game too. And Mello, Mello can take 10 of three as far as I'm concerned, as long as he keeps shooting anywhere near what he's been doing. So it's, it's good because this is one of the things that we haven't had in the last couple of years, which is all of those promising guys, the Danny greens and the, you know, and uh, the guys that we sign that come to L.A. and have a hot reputation for being able to shoot the threes. And they come out here and the bright lights basically dim their three-point shooting. As you've said. Uh, and, you know, we talked we talked about this before on the podcast that one of the nice things about having, having Mellow in your back pocket is that those bright lights ain't going to do nothing to him after all these years of firing the threes. 
Yeah. Um, and when he gets hot, he gets hot. Not the kind of Macklemore hot, but the kind of Carmelo Anthony hot. Um, and tonight we saw a perfect example of that. You know, um, there were so many clutch threes to bring us back within, you know, bring us back into a tie or push us ahead by three. So that was great to see. And, you know, then there were, there were clutch threes by other people at various points in times. You know, Monk, Monk made a hit big three and LeBron hit several big threes. Um, Bazemore hit a big three and a shot that I couldn't believe. I was really surprised he even took the shot. And I thought Reeves came in and played extremely well, man. He made a couple of great assists. Oh, Mr. Baby Clutch? Baby you Mr. Know, Clutch? The, the man who compared to Jerry logo, West? Huh? Baby, baby logo. logo. Baby Logo. There you go. No, I, but it's, you know, and, and I thought it was a smart move with three minutes to go for Frank to pull him out and put Melo in there for the last three minutes. I, it makes total, total sense to me. Um, so I like I like the fact that we left Rondo out. I'd leave Rondo and Bradley out, and I'd go with nine players until we get back from injuries, because this is the first time that we really saw some cohesiveness with respect to to the rotations and uh, and a feeling that you know you didn't you didn't put LeBron out there with with four poor defenders or something like that, you know, and and make it a real difficult situation. I'm still a little concerned about more of a jump shooting team, you know, and um, I've always had the mentality as a player, even, even though I was a small player that you're the metal of your game is determined by how few times you settle for jumpers. You know, I mean, it's, that's what it really comes down to. And that's one of the things that I, I loved about Westbrook when he is playing the kind of game where he's really going downhill and attacking the basket over and over. As opposed to settling for jumpers, you know, settling for well, jumpers when you're tired and and uh, you don't have it anymore is uh, always a formula to lose in my mind. Well, that's something I want to ask you about. And we're back again with the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mr. Laker Tom. Please beep out our conversation of the site that he runs, Lakerholics.com. There's a lot of great conversations there right now. And he's going to have some more great articles that he'll talk about coming up at the back end of the show. But Laker, Tom, let us talk about Russell Westbrook. When you look at it in the box score, it does not look pretty. Five of 15. Hold on, hold on, hold on. From a triple-double. I got got a point here I'm trying to make here. (laughs) Just hush for a second, young man. Five out of 15. One out of four from three. 13 assists, 13 points, but nine turnovers. That's not pretty if you look at the box score. But why do I think that he played a little bit more effective game than any of the three games so far? It was like you said, his aggression, the fact that he was going ahead on the defensive end, four steals, which is a positive sign there. Uh, again, though, nine turnovers. You, you got to go ahead and cut that down by a lot. Nine turnovers, again, well, is not some of them good. were Some of them were at the type of that, what am I doing with the basketball, you know, just fumbling the ball over to people. Yeah, it just, that, some of them just didn't make sense why he was yeah. what he was I mean, doing. there was a stretch where the Lakers, the ball was like a hot potato, three or four Lakers just totally fumbled the ball all around and so forth. We're slowly seeing, and, and one of the better, one of the tough things about a small sample size is you don't have a lot of examples of things to support anything that you're trying to claim that is happening. But we're starting to see more and more samples. I mean, I, I think that without a doubt, one of the major factors in the win tonight and in the Lakers getting off to a good start was the elite passing of Russell Westbrook. 
I mean, uh, he had 10, I think he had 10 assists in the first half. Yes, 10 assists in the first half, 13 overall. Right. Uh, again, he's trying to slice that, uh, slice that very thin line on some of those passes. Some of it paid off, some of it didn't. Again, that's something that we're going to have to deal with as time goes on. I understand that he was just short of a triple double, but well, he's shoot, a standout guy trying to fit in, you know, and, and that's always a problem. I, that I, is a problem. I still think that he, you know, that I still think that what you really want on this team, to be honest, is is the Russell is the triple double Russell Westbrook. That's the guy you want. Just tone down the shots, you know. He needs to go. He needs to take the ball to the hoop a lot more. I yeah. think that that's yeah. something. Outside well, shots are not working. Hard because teams, because they joined a team where it's hard to do that because they already got LeBron and AD and everybody's schemed up for those two. So when Westbrook comes along, it's like, hey, we're playing, these Lakers are playing right into our hands. And that's one of the reasons why all of the pundits basically felt it was a bad move by the Lakers. They could have had Buddy Heald and solved their shooting problems. Instead, they've got Russell Westbrook. So they got a third superstar. But on the other hand, they got three superstars. Well, maybe only two now that LeBron has decided he's going to be Steph Curry. It's hard to go to the basket every single time, and I and I I think that there there was a great there was a great post made where they were showing these ghost screens from Mallow coming up from basically from the dunker spot to come up and set a screen for Westbrook. And the beauty of that type of screen when you're coming up at that angles, and Frank Vogel even talked about the angle business, is that you can't go under a screen like that. You know, I mean, if the guy is coming from straight underneath the basket up to set a screen for Russell Westbrook, how do you go under that? You know, you have to backpedal to go under that screen. And the Lakers have been setting screens on the sides too much for Westbrook. And when you set a screen on the side, then that's when the player can slide under it. But um, I see more and more smaller little things that are coming out that they're doing in the lineups. Uh, the double screens uh, using the the bigs uh, just so that they'll they won't be down in the dunker spot and crowding the things up. The ghost screens using mellow for screens, uh, putting a pick and pop guy out there on the pick and rolls. All of those types of things are just small pieces that all together basically are really what's different about this offense. Um, and then I think maybe the most important thing is it does not seem like there is any ill will between Dwight and um, AD. Davis, yeah. Even though Dwight's minutes seem to be representing the fact that he didn't go back into the game after he had the incident the other night and he didn't go back into the game. He only played a few minutes in this game. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, I, 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 Frank is slowly – you know, and I give I'll, I'll give Frank a pass, a hall pass, if you will, because it is difficult when you look at who we've got left after these four guys have been injured, and all four of them looking like it's you know two to four weeks, two to six or eight weeks, depending on Ariza, before they can get back, and and that really hurt us because we end up being neither too big or too small. We're paying too much of the of the Jordan and and DeAndre thing, or we're playing too much of you know of smaller guys that are getting killed on defense. We're missing, we're missing the six, eight Ariza and probably another six, eight guy that we should have had at some point in time and probably will end up having to trade for in order to get some balance on the roster. But um, 
it, it's really hard because you end up having to, you have to have, you have to figure out how can I get Monk in there? How can I get Mellow in there for two shifts, you know? Uh, and like you said, Gerald, how can, how can we handle the defense when we got Monk and Mellow and, you know, and, and then maybe you've got, you know, Bradley in there and, and uh, Jordan, Jordan had that one good block, but he just doesn't get off of the ground when people are dunking on him inside. You know, he's just, he's lost that quickness that he used to have when he was part of Lob City. Um, so, you know, it's, it'll be interesting to see. We've got games Tuesday and Wednesday. So we got a little mini road trip, I guess. And uh, let's see if we can continue to do it. But uh, I liked what I saw tonight. It was a, it was a fun game. I thought that the Grizzlies made it really competitive, you know. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S-E. And use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. This is one of the nice things about this time of the year for me in that there's a lot of teams that I would like to watch and a lot of games. Uh, there's a lot of, you almost get a feeling that, yeah, everybody starts off zero and zero and it's nice and fresh. And, and we've seen some upsets already that would surprise you. I mean, the Grizzlies going in and taking care of the Clippers the other night, that, that was a shock to me. We have the same record as the Brooklyn Nets. The yeah. favorite Brooklyn Nets right now at one and two, who got shocked at home tonight against Charlotte. So there you yeah. go. And they were they were lucky that to pull that game out against Philadelphia. Yeah, Doc Rivers yeah. coaching. Yeah, helped, yeah. Doc that Rivers was, coaching helped them to a victory. I mean, sure. Brooklyn to a victory. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you notice that both coaches in the last minute used up their challenges tonight. That was. Uh, Definitely no holding back there. <laughs> Good example there. Uh, v, v Garcia is saying with Jared Dudley, we'd be 3-0 and right now. Uh, unfortunately, no, we'd be 0-3. And, and the fact his help in the coaching staff for Dallas has led them to a scintillating record of their own. Oh, wait, no, they got killed in Atlanta. I'm sorry, forgot to say that. Yeah, and, but they're 1-1, one one, a scintillating record. I'm sure he's done a great part of that and, of course, Mr. Jared Dudley right now. I miss him? No, I don't miss him, V. Garcia. I miss him like I miss a hangnail. How about that? There you go. But before we head on out, my friend, it is the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions for us, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. He is at Laker Tom on Twitter. Tom, I know you're working on a lot of great things for Lakerholics.com. There was a lot of great conversation. My email was going crazy over the weekend because a lot of people we're getting very nervous. And you can tell when everybody starts to get chatty is when the Lakers are not always doing so great. 
because everybody gets a little bit more vocal. So tell us what's going on that you've got upcoming at Lakerholics.com. Well, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see as we move through this little road trip. Frank usually likes to do things in organized bunches, you know, like these three games as a homestand. We're going to start. We're going to start Jordan all three games. I happen to have a feeling that we're going to make a change when we go on the road. And I think that he's going to move Mellow into the starting lineup. And I think that that's, you know, that's the the thing. I think that it's going to be AD at the five, Mellow at the four, um, LeBron at the three, Baysmore and Russ making out the lineup. And I think that we, we could very well even see part of this is that we've been almost experimenting totally with personnel ever since the season started, we haven't had any stability at all. We've been running 11 man rotations, even tonight, a 10 man rotation. And that's really the only reason we could even run just a 10 man rotation is because we got four rotation players out of, you know, guys that you'd expect to be part of the rotation, but it's hard to, it's hard to do that, man. It's hard. It's hard for everybody to get into a rhythm, to have enough minutes where they really can feel like, they can pass up a shot for a better pass or, and don't feel such pressure that if I don't do anything, I'm going to lose my minutes. But it makes sense to, to cut the rotation down to nine players so that we can play a higher quality of basketball all the way around um, and start to develop. I mean, the whole regular season is about developing those habits so that when you go into the playoffs, not only are you playing at your peak basketball, but you've already figured it out because you've played all of these other teams and you know what you have to do to beat them. You know what things worked, what things didn't work. And you basically accumulate all of these good habits and, and all of these strategies during the year and, and you go into the playoffs and you execute them. So, you know, it's, I think the team after the first two games, I think human nature, I just like everybody else, I sort of expanded, you know, I sort of expanded how long I thought it would take until we, pulled everything together and really started to play well. Right now I'm thinking maybe 10 games. I think by the time we play 10 games, we'll be in good shape. I would hope that we would finish seven and three or something like that. For the well, that's what I want to ask you before we head on out, my friend, here's the upcoming schedule, including what something I've never seen before outside of playoffs. And I'll oh, tell you why. Woman away. Hold on. Let me hear you yeah. this. Let me, let me tell you this. At San Antonio, which is V Garcia's favorite team, and I'm joking on that, and V knows I am. He cannot stand San Antonio, and he lives in San Antonio at OKC versus Cleveland at home. Then you've got back-to-back home games against the same time. Yeah, I don't understand that scheduling snafu, but Houston's coming to the Staples Center twice in a row. I've never seen that before during the regular season, unless it's something funky. Maybe it's a part of that Major League Baseball scheduling uh, that they're going to do to cut maybe, down. Maybe, maybe, but I've never like seen that this early in the season. For, you know, yeah. I've never seen that early in the season. But again, it's I kinda at like San Antonio. I kind of I like that. I, I liked it when they were doing that before. But at San Antonio, at OKC, Cleveland's coming home to, the, to Staples Center. Houston, back-to-back games at the Staples Center. And then also OKC ends it up on November the 4th at the Staples Center. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six games right there against very winnable teams, against three of the teams that are predicted to be in the bottom and lower echelon you might of be the able Western to Conference. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to ask you. We're going to have an Ad- Admiral Akbar 
mistakes yes. happening along the way. <laughs> oh, and V Garcia says he likes pop, but he does not like the Spurs. Want to give a big shout out to Rosalio. That let's go Lakers. New viewer, we cannot thank you enough for watching us right here at the Lakers fast break. Uh, yes, great victory for the Lakers indeed. 121 to 118. V Garcia does like pop, but he does not like the Spurs. But my friend, it's been a great episode. I cannot thank you enough. We're in good spirits. Although, I'll tell you what, the last episode, people need to check out because that was one of our funniest episodes <laughs> ever. I was turning three different shades of red on my face. If you either watch it on YouTube, watch it on Facebook, or you actually listen to it, you actually it was hear a lot me. Of fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that you could, he- you could hear me crying of laughter from our last episode. That was a lot of fun. But Laker Tom, any last thoughts on the game before we head on out? It's still going to be a process of getting through this whole thing. And I think it's been exacerbated greatly by the injuries that we've had because the injuries came in the area of the roster that we were the weakest in, which is the wings. You know, we lost basically with THT and Ariza, two of our, two of our three or four wings that we've got on the team. So what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So hopefully this will, you know, will show that uh, what things we need to do. We'll have to play a lot of teams with uh, more guards than, than wings. That's going to be tough against teams like the Clippers once we get to them. Uh, hopefully, by the, t- by the time that happens, we'll, we'll get Ariza back and we'll get THT back, and uh, they'll really solidify the defense and make it a lot stronger. Um, so I, I'm, I'm really encouraged. I, I think that there's a good chance that, you know, by the time we finish the 10-game mark that this team could really start to be rolling. And uh, I think – LeBron James is, since he's been a Laker, we've won 75% of our games. So I don't think it's a big stretch to say in 75 games, 75% of the games is like 60 games to win 60 games out of 80. So I think there's... You're, it's going down for you, my friend. No, I, I'm just saying that, that's 75%. I think that that's what we've done the last two years in a regular season. And I think that this year we can even do better than that. I think that we have a chance to get to 65 to 70 wins, 67 and a half as you'd like to say, Carol. There, 67 and a half indeed. Yes. V Garcia has lowered it to 64 and three quarters. <laughs> v I'm concerned your number is going down ever so slightly every time we talk about it, but okay. No worries right there for you, but V Garcia, Rosalio Dorado, and also of course our good friend, Albert Tocaro, Cannot thank you enough for the thumbs up. Cannot thank you enough for joining us and everybody else that joined us on the podcast as well. We will be back Tuesday night. That's after the game on Tuesday night. The game is at 5.30 as far as on Tuesday. That's at San Antonio. So we'll be back after we go ahead and check out the game between V. Garcia's not-so-favorite team, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Lakers. So we'll go ahead and hopefully check out a win for the Lakers Hopefully we can get two in a row. Got to start your win streak. This is a win yes. streak. It's got to start that win streak now. If you do not come out of this at least five and one, I have got concerns. I've really got concerns. So that's all I'll say with that. But I'm hopeful. I'm going to stay positive. And on Tuesday night, I expect with Laker Tom to be talking about another Lakers victory as we get back on the right track. The ship is righted after Laker Tom says the team is now going ahead in the right direction. <laughs> Woo, San Antonio. But once again, it is the Lakers 121-118 over the Memphis Grizzlies. 
cannot thank you again enough for everyone out there that watched, that listened, and goes ahead and contacts us in any way, shape, or form. We truly appreciate you taking the time to do so. V. Garcia, last thing before he heads on out, I wanted to go to the game so I could take a sign saying, everyone log into the Lakers fast break after this. We got nothing but love for you, V. Appreciate everyone out there checking us out after the game, but we will be. Yeah, tickets too expensive. Yeah, that's true. Try Ticketmaster. That's definitely expensive. I know that. But I'll tell you what, it's great having you aboard once again. We will be back on Tuesday after the game against San Antonio right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.